Welcome to the GeoMob Podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, whether for fun or profit. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the GeoMob Podcast. Today, we are back with an old friend uh, and a repeat guest, um, uh, David Overton, who is the co-founder of Splash Maps. Um, and of course, Splash Maps uh, is a brand that should not be a stranger to anyone in the GeoMob community because, um, first of all, Splash Maps got a start at GeoMob many, many years ago, but then has been the sponsor of our Best Speaker Prize for many years now. Many, I don't, I don't even know, David. I mean, it's probably been like uh, six, seven, eight years. Um, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, more than that, in fact. So, so Splash Maps has been going for 11 years. Um, Good Lord. And, uh, yeah, and I think uh, you, you bought your shares in Splash Maps back in 2014. So, uh, yeah, we go back quite a way. We go back a long way. Um, so you were here on the show together with Ian, your co-founder, three years ago, unbelievably. Time flies. Um, and, uh, you know, we got to talking at the last London Geomob and you had lots of interesting things to say. So I thought it would be time we get you back on for an update. Um, of course, not least, because whether we whether we try to deny it or not, we are we are now in the run into Christmas uh, and the holiday season. So uh, I know all of you out there are going to be looking for a gift. And I can I can tell you a splash map is a great gift for any map lover in your life. So um David, very briefly, because I, I think the vast majority of the of the listeners here at least know know what a splash map is and who you are. But but very briefly, introduce yourself and explain what a splash map is, and then let's get into the update. Great. Well, thanks so much for that, Ed. Um, yeah. Well, uh, Splash Maps uh, is a business that makes maps printed on fabric, purely and simply. Um, so, inspired by special operations executive from the Second World War, where, for various reasons, mostly to do with being covert, fabric maps were a must, and uh, they're responsible for saving forty thousand uh, people, mainly prisoners of war, who could get outside of the confines of uh, their compounds. Uh, and find their way across Europe using these fabric maps that may have been secreted inside monopoly boards or something as innocuous as, as that. So, yeah, those fabric maps, they were they were robust. They could be hidden easily. They were silent in use. They could be scrunched up, stuffed in a pocket. Um, and my feeling was that uh, the consumer space could do with something like that now for anyone who's fed up with wearing a, a plastic folder around their neck if they're walking in the rain and don't want to get their paper map wet or if they're just fed up with being nagged by the the device that's been nagging them all week um, as they go for their trip up Snowden etc so uh, a splash map is a fabric map uh, modern day uh, data printed onto the best quality fabrics uh, using the best uh, and most environmentally friendly um, methods of printing well done. Well done. Um, and so, as you, as you mentioned, the business has now been going for, for quite some time, over a decade. So congrats. Uh, as a, as a business you. owner myself, I know, I know that is no small achievement. So, um, but fill us in now. On what, so what's new at SpongeBob? What, is, what, what, what have been the focus the last couple of years? Well, really, the the um, the 
the new stuff since I, I know we'll come on to the collaborative project we've been doing in a, in a minute but uh, um, the new stuff that we've got right now is that we've been looking at other official sources of map data so we've always really since the beginning been using ordnance survey data in one way or another for the UK and then filling in the rest of the world using OpenStreetMap um, and that has been uh, terrific uh, to this point um, but more and more customers are telling us that they want to have the official data for their countries and so we've now got a relationship that allows us to put uh, USGS data uh, into our map maker as well so you can now choose a map anywhere in the USA uh, or the UK and you can make a map of that area uh, automatically just using our, our, our map maker and that map maker is improving all the time um, once you've set up your map you can have eight different uh, formats and that goes all the way through from quick drag microfiber towels uh, through to satin scarves if you want to look elegant in your map uh, and of course our mainstay which is the weatherproof the weatherproof splash maps so those are kind of the, the new things happening in in map maker um, but it's also the case that many more people are buying us for for what they're calling geo merch um, so if you have merchandise if you happen to be uh, a business that uh, that um, has anything to do with maps and there's a few listening to us I, I would hope um, then why go for the usual cap or badge or something like that why not have a lens cloth with a map on it or why not have towels with maps on etc um, so geomerch is is growing for us um, and uh, so is the the nautical side of the business so um, we've got an ambassador um, for uh, for sailing now uh, he's around the world's yachtsman he's done uh, a number of historic um, uh, uh, historic sailings in historic uh, vehicles boats etc um, and like all of our ambassadors they're people just doing it their own way and they love the versatility that they they get from our maps so that's helped us grow in particular towels and sea proof charts uh, for using on the decks of boats so those are the that's a, a smattering of some of the new stuff at splash maps very cool very so, so a couple observations first time that i've heard the term geo merch so so very nice <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna work that into the vocabulary um, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna start pushing it and um uh, it, well, great that the to hear about the nautical connection. I mean, that obviously from day one, I've thought you know that's an obvious use case because uh, you know obviously on the on the boat you're getting splashed and and if you just have a paper map and you know it's going to get destroyed or even if you have a device, you know, I'm not sure you want to get it wet or whatever. But um, but but I guess this raises one of the big challenges, David. That you know there are so many use cases here. For um, you know, ranging as you described from from like high performance athletes to you know just kind of the someone who wants to just go for a hike for the weekend or um, you know people who want a memento of some trip or whatever. How do, how do you juggle that? How do you how do you balance all these different needs? Yeah. I, do you know, with, with 10 years of doing that, I, I'm not sure I've got an adequate answer for you. But um, uh, because we've been involved with, with stuff, one of the, the famous things that we got involved with was Lush. Now, Lush make 
soap. And uh, it just so happens that their founder really likes maps and so wanted a map incorporated somehow into some of the products that they're making. And they're making, um, they're basically making these scarves that they called knot wraps. Uh, and we helped them there. Uh, and, and that was great. We stuck with our knitting. We stuck with doing maps, as it were. And then they said to us, well, can you make us an alternative fabric uh, to the one that we've the one that we've currently got, because that comes in from China and it's recycled. And we, and we invented a recycled European fabric for them. So we follow that, the customer, you know, in, in that instance, because the customer was so big compared with our other ones at the time in 2016, um, we followed them to the point where it actually really began to hurt because when you're committing to inventing something that's outside of your outside of your capability area normally um you know you, you get drawn into this area where all of a sudden you're committing to kilometers of fabric being made and the commitment to the quality and everything of of, of that that comes out um so yeah um i would say i would do i would have done a few things differently if i could turn back the clock what we're really finding now is that it, it's about helping people with their, you know, to be themselves as they as they go into the outdoors, um, and that helps as a as as a guidance for us. So we think we know our customers now. Um, I spend every day talking to our customers, and I know the benefits that they look for in our products. But that those benefits can be sought right across what I think of now as the adventure sphere. So that could be from sailing, hiking, mountain climbing, mountain biking, cycling, anything in the outdoors. It appears that everyone is looking for these universal uh, qualities, that their navigation has to stand the test of time and the test of anything that nature can throw at it. And it needs to survive um for for the future as well they want to keep that thing as a memento so it is both that memento and the practical side of the fabric map that really really keeps us going and so we now have more of a focus and around that focus we've got some fantastic ambassadors that have come to join us in just the last two years um, with a focus on adventure we've got an ambassador for for sailing conrad humphreys um who's uh, who's done various things such as the um uh, reenacting the mutiny on the bounty uh, and surviving for about uh, 6,000 miles in a very small boat with 18 people with very little on board the boat. You know, they came out as skeletons at the end of it. You know, it's, you know, it's the stuff of great adventures. Um, we've got uh, Matt and Reese, the sidecar guys, who've been around the world on their moped and sidecar. They followed a splash map. And, and so we've got seven of those ambassadors. Um, each of them you'll see coming out in videos over the next, uh, the next two months. Um, and that's in our Get a Splash Map Now campaign. And you'll see how they uniquely use the map. And we hope that that will appeal to... to you know, the, the sort of messages we've got back from customers by talking to the market on a daily basis. We, we got talking at the last London Geomob, I guess, I guess a little over a month ago now, 
Um, and you mentioned you've seen a lot of interest also from from battlefield maps, historical battlefield maps. Maybe you can take us through that kind of use case and what you guys are doing there. Yeah, it, it's um, it, it partly stems from um, it, military interest in, in what we're doing in actual fact. And, and Splash Maps do sell some of our maps to, to one or two um, uh, one or two regiments in in the UK military now. Um, so that that's almost like a full circle from that SOE. Uh, inspiration right at the beginning um, to now when we're actually selling a, a military idea back to the military, um, and some of those some of those people that you can imagine there's a big crossover between the kind of veteran world and the sort of people that are guiding people around battlefields, so the battlefield tour guides, um, and. It, it has evolved over a number of years, but has really just reached uh, you know a good level of growth for us now um it's just phenomenal the amount of interest there is in in particular in the second world war just earlier in september um ian and i went to the we have ways festival um in silverstone and it was packed with people with bushy moustaches and um wearing the uniforms um firing uh anti-aircraft guns in the middle of the night and driving sherman tanks like billy around the whole um circuit of the place um it it was just it was just a great deep dive into to what these people are about and there's there's people reviving reviving walks or you know memorial walks last year i was in arras um with the western front way guys cycling part of a brand new 1000 kilometer long uh, trail that runs along the old western front from the first world war um this year it's been much more a focus on the second world war we're partway through making a a map of all of the uh, bomber crew um positions in east anglia in the uk from where they uh, obviously went across to to central to central europe and germany to do their bomb raids um and you know we, we're it, it's partly personal excitement by it but we end up um selling maps to people who for example want to reenact um the heroes of telemark um hmm. so that the the um the mission to prevent the nazis from gaining uh, nuclear bombs uh, during the second world war it's, it's a really heroic tale of a very few people um you know walking in impossible conditions uh, across the norwegian um the, the norwegian mountains in order to achieve their objectives and people will go there and they will do that now in in you know impossible situations obviously not having to machine gun people at the end of it but um but there is a, a huge uh market um for for the outdoor for for the outdoors stroke memorial stroke world war ii stuff and for that we've got this huge library of second world war era maps that we can just lay our hands on do the research for people and come up with something that they completely love and will keep forever very nice yes i as a child um there was a phase where my father was kind of really into the world war World War One battlefield, and we lived not that far away. I mean, every you know, every couple of weekends, we'd drive to Verdun or whatever. So, very familiar with that scene. Um, very nice. I mean, it, it, that that's cool that you're discovering these new markets. 
I was I was going to say I was, I was fascinated, um, you know, to get your perspective on it because from from a uh, from an American and UK perspective, it was seen very much as the UK and, and USA driving the Germans back. Whereas, from a German perspective, you were telling me that that the war is often seen as Germany and Russia, and uh, and it, it's interesting. So every well, conversation, World War Two definitely, yeah, World War Two is about that war is fascinating. Um, yes, and, and uh, frankly, also a good reminder that at least in Western Europe, it seems we've put these times behind us. Sadly, not yet in the East, but um, but David, I don't want to dwell just on on uh, momentous events of the past because I know you guys have also been doing quite some some cutting edge research in maps. Um, you got some kind of some kind of EU grant or something, right? Together with the university. Uh, tell us about this project. What is the project, and what is it doing, and 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 what was you know what is the outcome of this? Yeah, well, the the uh, this is the Smart T project, uh, which we uh, joined uh, and started in um, uh, March 2020. Uh, so, really, just at the point where we had our last catch up uh, on 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 the podcast, um, and it's a project. Uh, that's really there to look at e-textiles and what the future of e-textiles is, going from what they are at the moment. Wait, one one question, Dave. What is an e-textile? For those of us not in the industry, what 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 do you what is an e-textile? Oh, okay. I thought everybody knew. Right. <laughs> so an e-textile is just where you've incorporated electronics into the textile. Um, and so you, you can see things like people going around in T-shirts that sort of warm up when they warm up, you know, that glow red when they warm up and, you know, that, that, sort, of, that sort of thing. Or it's got a, a flashing name that goes across it, etc. So... Um, yeah, you'll normally see them in those kind of um, commercial environments. Um, but, of course, behind the scenes, there's an awful lot of very serious work going on. And what, what does this mean for the medical sphere, for example? So how can we use e-textiles to monitor people um, at home rather than being in a hospital bed, for example? And, of course, with the convergence of technology, that's all That's all very exciting. And, and I think um, at our hearts, Ian and I are nerds it's another direction we get pulled down from time to time to have a look at what technology is is doing and um so the smart t project was set up by southampton university uh their equivalent numbers uh in in france as well uh and uh, a number of other businesses working in the marine sector etc to and medical sector to see how e-textiles might advance um, to help in all those different application areas, medical, military, uh, marine um, sectors. Um, and the big step change that they're looking at is when LEDs, light emitting diodes, become something that they're calling OLEX, which is organic light emitting compounds. So we're excited about that because come the glorious day, you won't be reliant upon these little bits of electronics that are somehow stuck to fabrics or woven in or crocheted in or, or something. But you'll actually, you know, our, our vision is that you will actually be able to print the OLEX across 
a piece of fabric. And then you'll have a medium um, that is the most flexible way of getting, well, pretty much anything communicative that you want, from the internet to TV to maps, of course. Um, and, uh, and the maps just happen to be probably the easiest way to demonstrate the capability at this, at this early stage in the technology. So, so help me understand this, David. So you print the Olex into the map, and then what, it somehow connects to my phone or something, and I can control how it lights up? Or, or how, help me even think about this and understand it, what it means. Well, the, the, the prototypes that we've made have all been independent of the telephone. Um, but Southamp, the, the project has now finished, but Southampton University want to carry on with us for this pioneering work that we've been doing on the maps. And the, the latest prototype that we're putting together has much more telephonic con, uh, features within it. You know, very difficult to get a chip today um, that's got anything to do with GPS. It hasn't also got a GSM chip, etc., etc., all in the same little unit. So we're taking advantage of all that convergence and the miniaturization um, to make something that's fully independent of a phone or other device that you might have on you. And you can see how that might be useful in particular um, for, for someone who's lost in an unfamiliar place. They need to know where they are. They need to know where their objective is, where they need to get to, that can all glow on the map. Now, at the moment, all of that is still done with, you know, today's well, today's most advanced solid-state technology there is. So these are titchy, tiny LEDs. But come the glorious day, um, and that glorious day is a few years out, but the, um, you know, the, the idea of these solid-state LEDs will will pass and there will be a, 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 an ink orientated version of them which I, I personally find extremely exciting and and, um, and we're excited that Southampton want to continue with us even though the project has come to an end so so what would be the end output I would have a splash map with all the benefits of a splash map in terms of being fabric and scrunch it up and get it wet or whatever, but yet it could still show my location somehow by lighting up the point or something. Is that is that kind of the idea? Absolutely. Um, and and the first you know the first prototypes that we've made have been very very fragile. Um, so I think our last one was actually destroyed by our auditor. So there was a, an, an, you do these projects. Uh, I've got to say it, that there's, there's a downside of doing these projects and that's all the administration to go with it as well. It really does stymie you quite a lot, but, um, but on balance, I think is well worthwhile. Um, but they threw in an auditor and they came into audit splash maps, which is a nail biting experience. Um, but one of the things that she did was take our prototype and hold it up to a window to see the electronics inside. Um, and she stretched it out and ping, 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 all of the little, oh, no. tiny oh, connections no. and these micro things. They, they just, they just went wrong. And, um, yeah, and we were, yeah, we had an important customer coming in the next day. Oh, no. People just say, look, it worked yesterday. (laughs) So, so, yeah, so lesson learned. And we're making that, so the the move now is to make, we've proved the concept. And so the next stage of the prototype is to make something that's reproducible and, and robust, importantly robust, and where the componentry can be moved from, 
you know, say a, a map of Southampton to say a, a map of Azerbaijan, and you'd be using the same electronics, um, so that there's less wastage. So the, the initial prototype, once it's finished, you just it, you would have had to have thrown it away. We don't want to be responsible for for that kind of thing. Um, so we are we are looking very very closely at how do we make this as robust so it lasts longer and that the components uh, will be able to be interchanged with other products as well so uh, so that it's as ethical as we can make it very very cool so i mean what is your just rough rough guesstimate like how far away is this technology when 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 am i going to be able to purchase something like that is this next year or five years or ten years or what are you yeah well we're effectively looking for um, manufacturing partners now, um, and uh, you know th- this this next prototype is so we can uh, we can we can build a relationship with the manufacturer. Splash maps are, I don't see as being a manufacturer of this type of product. You know, like I was saying earlier on, we've learned from the the fab making the fabric, etc., um, that there are there are things that take you outside your comfort zone too far. So it's it's you know we know a few and we're we're looking for more just to see you know who is going to be the best partner uh, to go in with us and make this exciting new concept. And then um, I can see no reason why that shouldn't be on the market in the next you know, three to four years at worst. Um, and then the printed OLEC version, you know, that that looking at the technology was a little bit further out than we originally thought, but certainly within 10 years, that's going to be a going concern. So you can, you can imagine having, you know, something that you've got in your pocket that you just throw out on the tables, a nice big format size, and then will perform whatever electronic visual thing you want it to do. Well, that would, that would, I mean, that would be fantastic. I mean, because cause this is the thing. I mean, now, of course, we all obviously have maps on our phones. And technically, those work great. But the use case where it's terrible is you're trying to show something to someone else, right? Like, gather, all everyone gather around, and we're going to show you, you know, here's our hike for the day. And instead, everyone's kind of squinting and staring at one small phone, and then, you know, other people are trying to touch your phone, and it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work at all. And and you, that's where a large-scale map that everyone can look at together is just so much more effective, right? Um, and, and kind of glide their finger over and... We, we, we found that as well with the um, uh, with the battlefield maps. So with the battlefield maps, people are actually having them blown up, and it's an, a now a standard on our website. You can select to have your your battlefield map blown up. Um, so they have it made uh, 1.3 by 1.3 meters, and then the battlefield guides actually take that into the field with them, and they stick it to the side of their their vehicle with magnets. Um, or they stick it on the ground and put it put stones in the corners. They, they don't have to deal with rolling paper or absorbing paper or anything like that. It, it's yeah, the, the size and the um, uh, and the versatility are, are the things that that work right across all of our markets. Makes it makes perfect sense. I mean, that's that's absolutely the perfect use case. So. 
Um, all right, David. Well, let's let's uh, wrap things up. Um, I do I do want to give you a moment or two that you can give us the one minute pitch of why a splash map is the perfect uh, Christmas gift that that all of our listeners should be should be contemplating for for their friends. Well. You know, I, I think uh, all of us that work in the, the kind of industries that, that tune into this this podcast will have something to do with maps. And we're all difficult people to buy for. Um, and so it's it's an obvious one. You know, if if you know someone who loves a map and you don't know what to get them for Christmas, then why not get them a really good map? Uh, don't get them something that's going to be wrecked or it is a bit of a gimmick or, you know, has a, you know, very, you know all the rude names in Great Britain highlighted or something like that. What are you going to do with that after the first hour of use? Um, get something that they'll keep for 10, 20, 30 years. Maybe it will be found in their lofts by their grandchildren or something like that. These things will last forever. Get them a historic one. Get them a, a map of their of their favourite place, the place they've just moved house to, whatever. And most importantly, use the Geomob discount code. Uh, on these personalised maps, you are not going to get a better deal than that even on Black Friday. Uh, what we've learned from Black Friday is, um, you know, that th there are companies that even now, you know, our, our strongest competitor in this country is already doing 25% off in October, which is desperation and also admission that actually paper is a bit of a throwaway medium. Um, but, you know, spend some money, get a good product that will last them forever. And, uh, yeah, just buy a splash map. Use Geomob1, that's the code, um, and get your lovely discount, which you deserve for spending your time listening to people like me and Ed. <laughs> here, here, David. Here, here. Can't argue with that. I, but I should also, in all seriousness, I should say, um, I encourage all listeners to, to grab a splash map because you have been a, a great supporter of the GeoMap events over the year, as, and it's it's been a pleasure to you know present the the best speaker prize every time. Um, and it's a bit of fun at that that we have at the events. So, um, so I, on that note, perhaps my closing. I have two closing questions for you. So, first of all. Um, how can people get in touch with you if they, they want to learn more about GeoMerge, if they want to, uh, you know, discuss battlefield maps, whatever it is they want to do, how do they reach you? But then, second of all, um, as someone who's attended almost every GeoMob in the last decade in London, you know, any favorite memories that you want to look back on or, or things like that? Yeah, yeah, I... I, I... Uh, looking back on on uh, geomobs, uh, I I really like um, Chris Chris Barrington Brown's uh, project. Is again, you know, because it goes back to the Second World War. Uh, just someone doing it their own way and uh, looking at something, seeing something that no one else saw, and and that was that actually no one had actually recorded the disembarkation points uh, in the UK um, for for the Second World War and particularly the Normandy landings um so he's building a, a history there which again he's he's done the thinking on how do we how do we make sure this is maintained for our grandchildren and their grandchildren and everything so that there is this um historic uh, awareness and, and and not trusting things to laser discs like we did back in the 1980s 
he he came here on the podcast. He came here on the podcast, I think, uh, a year ago. So I'll, I'll be sure to get the link in the show notes so that if anyone wants to get up to speed on his project, they can listen to that episode. So, um, okay. So how do how do people get in touch with you, David? Yeah. So um, it's it's very simple. Um, so we're 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 hot on SEO. So if you tap in Fabric Maps into Google, you'll come to Splash Maps straight away. Um, more directly, uh, just search on Splash Maps. Um, or email me directly, david at splashmaps, that's all one word, dot net. Very nice, very nice. Then um, I encourage everyone to reach out if they um, they want to learn more about Splash Maps uh, or they want to buy a Splash Map. Um, but I assume also they'll be able to see you at, at future GMOP Londons as well. So. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll, I'll love meeting people there and having a beer with them afterwards. Very nice. Um, thanks again for coming on the show, David. And uh, good luck. Good luck with all the projects. Well, thanks very much, Ed. And, and same to you. Thanks for joining us today and listening to the GeoMob podcast. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. Please get in touch with us if you have any feedback or suggestions for topics we should cover. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our monthly mailing list where we keep you informed about upcoming events. You can, of course, also follow us on Twitter where our handle is geomob. Thanks for listening and hope to see you at a geomob event soon.